You are near Eagle's Tower. Beware the bird. This is Legendary Adventures Podcast. This week in Link's Awakening, we have to brave the signpost maze, learn a lively song, and head up the mountain to Eagle's Tower. After exiting the face shrine, the owl appears. It tells Link the monsters fear the waking of the windfish and they may conquer the island. The owl tells Link to go to the mountain and fly like a bird. When players head up the mountain, the owl will appear again and directs Link to head east. I, however, took some time here to complete the trading quest. It's possible to complete this quest as soon as you have the hookshot. I have often completed this quest immediately after Catfish's Maw. During this playthrough, however, I saved it until after Face Shrine. On the southeastern side of Martha's Bay, there's a gap that can only be crossed with the hookshot. There's a mermaid statue here. We can place the mermaid scale in the statue to reveal a staircase. It leads to a cave full of invisible enemies and the final item of the quest, the magnifying glass. Once the magnifying glass is collected, the enemies become visible. While this is the final item of the required straw millionaire quest, there is one more item we can get through a trade. Inside the eastmost home of Animal Village, players will find a Zora which was not visible before. It will ask Link to keep it a secret. In the deluxe version, players will also get a photo with Zora. In the Switch version, players will score a secret seashell. In all versions, Zora tells Link there's someone else like him on Tarambo Shores. On the beach just west of the spot where Link shared a moment with Marin, there is a bombable wall. With the magnifying glass, players will be able to see a Goria inside. It offers to trade you for an item that you have equipped to your B button. There's a few items that will accept, but it's best to trade for Link's shovel. In exchange, Link gets the boomerang. The boomerang's incredibly powerful in this game. It retains its ability to temporarily freeze enemies in place. Well, some enemies anyway. Most it destroys with one hit, including the anti-fairies and the bubbles. That's one powerful boomerang. In the Switch remake, players can reclaim their shovel by paying the Goria 300 rupees. In the Game Boy versions, players can only get the shovel back by trading the boomerang back. It's a good idea to only make this trade after you have completed the secret seashell quest in the Game Boy versions of the game. Now it's time to head to Eagle's Tower. As with most dungeons in this game, a key is required to enter. Ascending the mountain as we did to reach Angler's Tunnel, Link can swim through a patch of deep water and ascend a staircase. Heading west from these stairs, he'll find a house. A man who looks suspiciously like Luigi lives inside. He loves chickens and tells of the olden days when chickens can fly. There's a cave underneath the house. Down a certain path, the bird key is visible, but it's unreachable. The way to reach it has a hole that's too wide to be crossed. Link will somehow need to fly, but how? By this point, players may have stumbled upon the signpost maze. In fact, Ulrira's hints direct players to the maze as soon as Catfish's Maw is completed. The maze is located east and south of Maid Village. The Pegasus Boots and Rock's Feather are needed to jump over a series of holes which block the entrance. The Power Bracelet and Hookshot are also needed to complete the maze. Players must follow the directions on a series of signs, reading each sign in the correct order to reveal a staircase. Down the stairs, players will meet Mamu, a familiar-looking frog. Outside of Japan, this character is generally known as Wart, the villain of Super Mario Bros. 2. In Japan, he was always named Mamu. That's according to the wiki on ZeldaDungeon.net. Mamu's not a villain here, but instead a musician. He offers to teach Link a new song in exchange for 300 rupees. 
After paying, Link learns the Frog Song of Soul. The game explains it's a lively tune which can liven up unliving things. That begs the question, what do we need to liven up? A hint from Alrira sends us in the right direction. Honestly, I'm not sure anyone would find this without this hint. I'd say all the other hints from Ulrira are probably optional, but this one may not be able to be skipped. Ulrira tells of a legendary rooster which used to fly. He says the bones of the rooster are buried under the weathercock in Maid Village. Now there are other hints to this, of course. We already met the chicken man at the top of the mountain. And examining the weathercock in the Game Boy versions of the game will reveal a message stating the legendary rooster is buried in this spot. The Switch remake makes it more obvious by placing a sign here. So the hints are there, it's just a question of whether or not players would be able to interpret them without Ulrira's help. I know I wasn't able to, but maybe other people can piece it together. Pushing the weathercock up reveals a set of stairs. Down the stairs, Link finds the bones of the legendary rooster. Playing the frog Song of Soul brings the rooster back to life. It will follow Link wherever he goes. Returning to the cave below the chicken house, Link can lift the rooster to fly over the gap to get the bird key. This is the first instance in the series of Link being able to lift a chicken and use it to fly. Later games would make bigger use of this idea, though the chickens are used more to glide in those games rather than fly. With the bird key in hand, Link can head down from the hen house and continue east on the mountain. After passing through a few more caves to the east and making further use of the legendary rooster's flying powers, Link reaches Eagle's Tower. The keyhole is behind a rock. Using the key causes the tower to rotate, revealing a door. Let's start by discussing the music of this dungeon. It's anchored by an arpeggiated pattern played on higher notes. It's a relatively slow-paced theme, with the melody played on slightly higher notes. The melody and the backing line don't sound dramatically different, and unlike other dungeon themes in this game, it doesn't invoke any sort of unease in me, at least in the Game Boy versions of the game. I think in the Switch version with a piano handling the arpeggiated backing and a lighter, almost music box-like keyboard handling the melody, it achieves a more uneasy feeling. Eagle's Tower is the second dungeon of the game to truly span multiple floors and not to simply use side-scrolling segments to represent lower levels. In fact, this dungeon has only one side-scrolling segment, and it's the boss arena. Eagle's Tower is also the only dungeon in the game to employ the 3D thinking seen in A Link to the Past. Players will have to fall from an upper level to the lower level to reach otherwise inaccessible chests and to progress through the dungeon. This is also the one dungeon without a distinct themed shape. Eagle's Tower spans four floors. The first floor is a square. The second floor has two notches out of the northeast and northwest. The third floor is a cross shape, and the fourth floor is a smaller square, which can sit in the center of the third floor. That's an important note, as the central puzzle of the dungeon involves using a large steel ball to break pillars on the second floor, which will cause the fourth floor to fall and merge with the third floor. Unlike other items in the game, the ball used to destroy the pillars can be carried between screens but a variety of holes and barriers prevent the players from simply walking to their destinations. Players must throw the ball over these holes and barriers and then walk around to reach the place where the ball lies to pick it up and then reach their goal. Players find the steel ball on the second floor. 
It's on a raised platform in the room furthest east and north you can go on this floor. A lever in the room has to be pulled to open a pair of blocks which form a door. Players have to move quickly west through the door before it's closed to find the first pillar. From the location of the first pillar, players have to jump over a hole and travel as far south as they can to find a crystal switch. Hitting it will open a path to carry the ball south and destroy the second pillar. The third pillar is the most complex of the three to reach and destroy. It's located in a room immediately west of the second pillar, but players will have to take a long, looping path to reach it. To start, I carried the ball to the area with the crystal switch and threw it over the low barrier. Then I fell down a hole to the first floor and walked on top of a raised crystal switch barrier to the west staircase and took it back up to the second floor. Once on the second floor, I rematched with a Hinox. Heading east from the Hinox room, I was able to get the steel ball again and carried it back west to throw over a hole. The hole has barriers which prevent Link from jumping over and falling through. Players must match three enemies with card suits on their bellies to reveal the chest, then head back west to the room where they entered the second floor on. If players head east, they'll get a glimpse of a bombable wall leading down a narrow path of blocks. These blocks prevent Link from traveling further east, so it's back west, then north through a one-way door. This leads to the room furthest west and north. Tiles rise from the floor to attack Link. Once the room is clear, players can pass through a door to the east. Players need to place a bomb to enter the narrow path. There are no cracks on this side of the wall, so players need to use their sword to find the right place to place the bomb. Heading through the narrow passageway, players can use the hookshot to reach the ball, then carry it north to destroy the third pillar. The fourth pillar is in a room immediately north of the room with the third pillar. I have it in my notes that it's possible to carry the ball through the one-way door and then head east to reach the final pillar. In my final two playthroughs for this podcast, however, I took the ball back to the room where the first pillar was and then carried it west. I threw the ball over a spike trap and carried it north and then back south. I then backtracked through the one-way door and went east to reach the final pillar. Once all four pillars are destroyed, a cutscene plays showing the tower fall. Players are not required to visit the third floor at any time prior to the fourth floor dropping, so it's possible the change will go unnoticed by many people. In most, if not all, of my playthroughs, I never traveled to the third floor before dropping the tower. I made a point of visiting the third floor on this playthrough, though. Venturing up to the third floor, players will find a large hole in the center, where the fourth floor will eventually rest. The northern rooms which form the top of the cross are completely inaccessible prior to lowering the fourth floor. Players cannot visit the fourth floor before dropping it. On the third floor, players will face a mini-boss in the eastmost room to the south. It's a skeleton known as the Grim Creeper. It uses a flute to summon six small flying enemies. They have wings and big eyes. Players need to defeat all six of them in one round to end the fight. If players fail to destroy all six in the first round, they'll get a message from the Grim Creeper. In the Game Boy versions of the game, he simply taunts the player, which is perhaps supposed to be a hint on what to do. But in the Switch remake, he clearly outlines the player's goal. Once the enemies are defeated in a single round, the Grim Creeper will flee. Players can then head north to a room where pushing two blocks together reveals the chest with the nightmare key. The dungeon item is found on the second floor. It's in the eastmost center room, and players will notice the chest is surrounded by crystal switch blocks. The chest contains the mirror shield. This item's not required to complete the dungeon. That's a change from the previous dungeon of this game, where each one contained a number of hard locks that prevented players from reaching areas needed to complete the dungeon. The items are also often needed to defeat the dungeon bosses, but here it's strictly needed to reach the next dungeon. In the Game Boy versions of the game, it's possible for players to throw the boomerang and hit the crystal switch in the room and get the chest right away. 
I wasn't able to pull this off in the Switch version. Otherwise, players have to manipulate crystal switches elsewhere in this dungeon and then backtrack to this room. That's how I access the chest. The boss door is located on the southwestern portion of the central room of the combined third and fourth floors. This time, it's not used in the same way as others in the game. Other doors led directly to the boss room, but this one behaves more like the big key doors from A Link to the Past. It opens a section of the dungeon which leads to the boss. From this section, players can quickly get to the boss room, but they can also go through some optional rooms to get a jar of secret medicine. To reach the boss room, players must use the hookshot to cross a gap in a raised section of the room. They can then head east up a set of stairs to enter the side-scrolling portion of the dungeon. Players climb up a ladder to find the Grim Creeper. It summons a giant bird called the Evil Eagle and jumps on to ride it. The eagle flies from side to side of the boss arena attempting to ram the player. It will also occasionally flap its wings to create a powerful gust which can push Link to the lower level of the arena. Players can hit the eagle with the sword to do damage. Using Rock's feather allows players to land jumping attacks as well. The bow, hookshot, and boomerang can also be used. After a few hits, the eagle and the Grim Creeper fall together. The Grim Creeper threatens that Link 2 will cease to exist if the Windfish is awakened. After all, he too is in the dream. So what if he's actually a part of it? After getting the heart container, Link can re-enter the dungeon. A closed door to the east of the stairs opens. Link can pass through the door to get the instrument of the sirens, the organ of evening calm. The mysterious voice tells Link, the music of the ocarina leads, but it trails off. Not saying where it leads. We'll find out next week. If you want to follow along and you haven't already, please subscribe. Please also consider sharing this podcast with a friend. I am Paul Riley. Thanks for listening.